a father of one of our families uh, came up to me this morning and said they were pulling into the parking lot and someone said out loud, wow, the parking lot's full. People must be coming out for... And one of the sons interjected, the sermon. It's like, yeah. (laughs) That kid's got a future, I'm telling you. I was like... Thanks, Brock, for the vote of confidence back there. I appreciate that. No, what a wonderful presentation of the gospel and music. Wasn't that delightful? Um, words put to music have incredible power, especially when they're true. And those are true words. The gospel uh, proclaimed over and over again to people all over the world on a Sunday like this. The words, the story is true. And the story is not only true, it's, it's life-changing for people who receive it as true. The words that were read, actually, before we even began our worship service this morning came from Isaiah chapter 9. And among those words, you heard an announcement concerning the coming of Jesus long before he arrived. And among those words were these, he will be wonderful counselor Mighty God, Prince of Peace. Actually, we lit the candle of peace this morning, remembering the peace that Christ announced and brought in His first coming, anticipating the peace that He will bring in His second. But you know, the next major announcement concerning Christ's coming, apart from the fact that individually Mary and Joseph had heard that Christ was on His way, The first major announcement after this announcement and others in the Old Testament was to the shepherds. And to the shepherds on the Judean hillside that night, God sent a host of angels to proclaim the coming of Christ, the Savior of the world. And at the end, the phrase goes like this, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. Peace. Peace on earth. By the way, have you ever wondered what happened to the shepherds? I have. My curiosity runs in all different directions, but we really don't know. We don't, we don't have stories of the shepherds. We've got stories of the disciples. What we could surmise is that by the time Jesus entered his real earthly ministry at 30 years of age, they were either old or perhaps had passed from this life. But if they were well enough to have been on the outskirts of that circle of people who followed Jesus, I wonder what they would have heard. I mean, I think I know what they heard that night, peace on earth. They thought to themselves, peace, yeah, that's something we don't know anything about. We live under the heavy hand of the Roman Empire. Before that, our nation has been dwarfed by other empires, whether it's Greece or Babylon or Assyria or Persia. And we were birthed from a nation before we were really a nation that oppressed us tremendously, a huge nation called Egypt. And as a matter of fact, the shepherds must have thought to themselves, even when we inherited our land, so to speak, and became a nation, we were harassed by nations around us incessantly, the Philistines, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, and all the Canaanite tribes. But you know, even more than that, perhaps even more compelling, 
reason for understanding how important peace was is they realized that even when they had peace in their own land, even when they were settled there and they were their own rulers, so to speak, fighting broke out among them and there was not peace. It was brother against brother. It was north against south. It was the kind of animosity that's always a part of the human condition. That was part of their captivity. So on that day when they heard peace on earth, goodwill, goodwill towards men, they must have thought, that's a great bunch of good news because we've never experienced that. But had they followed and continued to listen to Jesus, which maybe they did, what would they have heard? They would have heard about peace, among other things. But they would have heard about a peace that was practical. If they'd listened to Jesus, they would have heard the description of the kingdom of God best summarized in the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes which said the kingdom of God is or should be like this, where all people would be meek, where all people would be humble, where all people would be those who follow after God. Let's put it another way. They might have heard this unimaginable reality that they'd never experienced in their life, that there would be peace on earth. And this peace would not just be the cessation of hostilities where people kill people, but it would be perfect, practical peace in their lives. If they followed Jesus, they would have heard that promise. Another promise concerning peace they would have heard had they followed Jesus was not just a practical peace, it was a personal peace. Because Jesus said concerning himself that he and the Father were one, or they had, shall we say, perfect peace between them. The perfection of that peace meant a oneness like no one had ever experienced or heard about before because Jesus talked about his mission and his life and his will and every breath he took as being in perfect unity or peace with the Father. And then he said to them on one occasion, really more than one, he said to them, this peace is for you. I'm not just telling you what I'm like with the Father, though that's unique. I'm Son of God. This peace is for you. He put it this way when he was about to leave this earth and go back to the Father. He said, my peace I give you. I give you my peace. The peace you've seen demonstrated with me and the Father and with this world. I give you my peace. Not the kind of peace that the world seeks, but my peace. So they would have heard about a practical peace. And they would have heard about a very personal peace. A oneness with the Father. But third, they would have heard in Jesus' teachings about, well, a complete peace. One that none of them had experienced. One that Jesus himself on this earth didn't completely experience. Jesus spoke concerning a future time at which all things would be new. And picking up on that theme, his seemed to be favorite disciple John got a revelation from God concerning that complete perfect peace at an end date and he gave to us the book of Revelation and he described a time a place where the lion would lay down by the lamb that the child would play at the opening of a 
viper's nest and no one would be harmed on that holy hill and the peace of God would be absolutely complete. Had they followed and listened, they would have heard a promise concerning that peace. You say, well, everybody wants that peace. Isn't it a fantasy? Isn't it so much a part of the human condition that everybody talks about in poetry and music and about utopias? It's just, it's just a longing in the human heart that everybody has. What else would you expect, really? My question is, is it because we created it or is it because it's there? You could suggest it's because we created it. We created our own mythology, our own dream. We want things to be better. You might suggest that. And you might even embrace it. But if you do, I'm sorry for you. Because it's more than that. We didn't create it. It emerged because it's deep within the human spirit And it's not deep within the human spirit because we're so good. It's not deep within the human spirit because we're so creative. As St. Augustine, my all-time favorite theologian said, it's deep within the human condition because it's eternity in the heart. Deep within the heart, eternity has been stamped on your being. And that's why the words concerning peace, a complete and an ultimate peace and a perfect peace is something that resonates with your soul and with mine. It's because God has placed it there. Now remember, the God who places it there is the God who's faithful to His promises. So how in the world do we take the peace that does not seem to exist and continue to believe in it How do we make it practical for ourselves today? We begin first by following Christ. You, You won't experience the peace by just listening to the prophecies concerning the peace. You won't experience the peace even by thinking, yeah, he has a good idea, and I think maybe it might come true. You experience the peace by kneeling before the one who spoke of the peace, the Lord of the universe, and surrendering yourself to Him. And in surrendering, you have a taste, just a taste of the peace that will be complete someday. So what's a practical step towards the peace that's promised? To follow. Not just to listen, but to follow the Lord who pronounced the peace. Another practical step towards that peace is actually to believe the promise. Not just to follow and try to make the world a better place because we're good people, but to believe the promise that God is going to accomplish what He set out to do. My friends, I'm like you, and you're like me. And on any given day, the promise is hard to believe. It doesn't seem possible. 
or it seems so remote, we think we'll never, ever experience it. But the promise is real. And every year, this time of the year, we come back to this theme, this baby in the manger, the incarnation of God Himself. And together, we believe again. It's not enough just to believe the promise. We've got to believe it and believe it and believe it and believe it and reinforce it and tell the story again and rejoice in the glorious promise that is to come. We follow and we believe that way by saying it again and again. So practical peace comes through following the Christ who promised peace. Practical peace comes from believing the promise of the Christ who promised peace. And practical peace, a step to it, it comes honestly by praying for peace. The words of Jesus, again. He actually told us to live this way. And He put it in the words of a prayer. He said, pray, or can I say live this way? Pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Jesus said, pray for the kingdom. Pray for peace. May it be practical in your life. I don't know when the ultimate peace is going to come. Nobody does. But I'm utterly confident that it will. And there's something else I'm completely confident of. God is so gracious that He offers to you right here, right now, just a picture of the peace that will come. I hope every one of you has experienced that first step of peace. I hope every one of you has chosen to follow the Prince of Peace. But if you haven't done that, do it today. And if you have, continue to believe. Don't give up on it. Remind yourself it's true. And pray for it. Because that's how Jesus told us to live. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. And by the way, we're not only called to live that way, we're called to live the peace so others can experience it. It's not just internal, it's external for our world. Let's pray. God, I thank you um, that some 2,000 years ago now you entered our world we understood uh, the God of the universe, the mighty, awesome God of the universe who is creator and sustainer of all things. We heard through the Scriptures and the prophets of the mighty works of God and we understood You in that way. We even heard references to You as our Father and our Shepherd and our Guide. But Lord, until You were so gracious as to bring us near to You through Jesus Christ. We couldn't understand what we now experience. 
when you stepped into this world and took on flesh, you, with words, words that we could understand, you spoke the words of God through Jesus Christ. And you walked where we walked and experienced everything that we experienced and and you died like all of us are going to die so that in your death we might find life. A life that's eternal. A life that goes on forever. A life that we can celebrate because we know the resurrection of all things is in the future. So we thank you, Lord, for your resurrection and what it means to us personally. But we thank you also, Lord, for your resurrection and what it means to our world. Because of your resurrection, all things are going to be made right. All things will be made new. And while we wait, Lord, we're stewards of this gift. We have an opportunity to distribute this peace. We have an opportunity to live the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. May we be those followers this week, Lord, and give us faith, hope, love, and peace once again. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen.